listening to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to cover like normal on today's edition of the podcast. We'll kick things off today talking some BYU football recruiting, some news and notes. A bevy of offers have been handed out in recent weeks from BYU football. What does that all mean? We'll talk about that here in the first segment. Second segment of the show, you'll hear from BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood. What has been the difference for his team this year bouncing back from a lackluster losing season in 2018 to winning the West Coast Conference regular season title in 2019? We'll let him explain in the second segment, and then we'll wrap things up with all the the other news and notes when it comes to the BYU football program. Thanks again for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. We are available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and also the brand new Himalaya Podcast app. Check us out there. Download the show. It's a fantastic new app. And we also are brought to you today by our good friends at Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for May 21st. 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked on Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a beautiful Tuesday here along the Wasatch Front. Uh, whether you're tuning in here along the Wasatch Front in Utah, nationwide, or even worldwide, a big shout-out to my man Glenn out there in the Philippines, living on a sailboat, sailing around the beautiful islands there on the Philippines. He sent me a picture last night on Facebook. Uh, you can follow the show on all the major social media channels, Locked on Cougars on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. A uh, big shout-out to Glenn for reaching out last night. Incredible picture. I'm very jealous, Glenn. Uh, a lot to get to on today's edition of the show. want to start off with some BYU recruiting news. Uh, of course, we've seen a bevy of offers going out recently to a lot of top-level athletes, uh, four-star prospects, some high-level three-star prospects. And my gut feeling and the word I've gotten back on a lot of these guys is that BYU not necessarily in the mix for them right now because they've got offers from multiple Power 5 teams. BYU didn't get on these guys early, which is kind of their normal practice when they have guys that they really want to chase, but they're offering guys, they're, they're, they're giving the guys these offers, and they're doing their diligence on them. They're not just throwing them out saying, hey, you have an offer, you have an offer, like has been done in the past. No, they're offering guys they feel like could succeed at BYU, but also understanding that these are probably athletes that will probably have eyes elsewhere, and if something does fall through for these athletes, maybe BYU enters the race down the road, but they still want to have their hat in the ring for, for any particular situation that may play out. And that doesn't mean that all the offers that have gone out over the last week or so are ones that aren't committable. And I don't know if I think all these are probably committable offers. And there's a whole debate about non-committable and committable offers. But guys like Preston Rex, of course, the son of BYU legend Byron Rex. He has an older brother coming back off a mission, Isaac Rex, who will play tight end for BYU. Well, Preston, he is a six foot one, hundred and ninety, two hundred pound athlete who could play both offense or defense. Could be a defensive back at BYU. Doesn't have the size and the girth that his uh, dad and his brother have, but plays in a top level. Uh, 
program down there in Southern California. He's a guy that's a legacy recruit that more than likely will commit to BYU. He announced that he had uh, received an offer officially last night, and it's a big congratulations to him. And guys like him are absolutely going to be in the mix. There's other ones that have gone out recently, like Nofafoa Tulafono uh, from Hesperia, California, Oak Hills High School, an offensive line prospect. And watching his film, uh, Nofofia, not the tallest guy in the world. They list him at 6'1". That might be a tad bit generous. But when I see this film, he looks like Tijon Karoma. We're talking just a mean SOB on the field, just gets after it, goes after guys, and doesn't give up on blocks. If BYU could land a guy like that to play on the interior of their offensive line, I don't care that he's not the tallest or he's not the ideal prospect. He carries plenty of weight. They list him at 300 pounds uh, for Oak Hills High School. I think he'd be he'd be a great pickup for BYU as a three-star prospect. So there are plenty of offers that have gone out for BYU guys having talked to people down there in Provo that are offers that are hey we're interested in you but we understand that you've got all these other options and then but BYU wants to make sure that these guys know that BYU is interested in them should something fall through uh, they're all the time there are prospects that they don't commit to the program of their dreams or programs that they're interested in that program moves on then they're left kind of looking elsewhere I think BYU is making a little more of a long play with some of these prospects prospects. And I don't think that's a bad idea. You can uh, chase prospects that way and you might end up with a guy or two that you wouldn't have ended up with otherwise. And I think that's a positive for BYU. Now, one other note for you guys, and this is going to be very interesting to see how BYU balances this, is BYU is actually going to have guys coming in on official visits this spring. Uh, most notably, a guy who, who we've had on the podcast, Andrew Gentry from Columbine, Colorado, the four-star offensive line prospect, has offers up and down uh, the who's who of college football, Alabama, Notre Dame very much in the mix for him. His brother, JT, is already an offensive lineman at BYU, and it really feels like it's going to be BYU in the end, but he's doing his due diligence he will be making his official visit to BYU later this spring here in the coming weeks and it's a change for BYU because they haven't done official visits in the spring in the past the NCAA changed the rule just a couple of years ago to allow prospects to go on official visits during the spring months Uh, the kind of the idea behind it for some of these cold weather schools like a BYU was to let guys come out and see Provo or Bismarck or uh, Minneapolis if you're the University of Minnesota Wisconsin etc see the weather during the spring slash early summer where it's probably a little bit better than bringing them in in January when you've got three feet of snow on the ground. I'll be interested to see how it goes for BYU, how they change things up with their official visits uh, platform when it comes to these spring official visits. I don't expect it to become the norm for BYU. I think they really like bringing guys in the winter, taking them on those snowmobile trips, taking them to BYU basketball games when the Marriott Center is packed and rocking out. I still think they'll like to opt for that if at all possible, but I will be interested to see how things go with how they uh, approach these spring official visits. Andrew Gentry is that type of talent that you change everything for him. A four-star prospect. I really feel like he could be an impact guy from day one at BYU. He is planning on going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so it'll be a couple of years before BYU fans see him, but it'd be a big-time pickup for the Cougars, and I am interested to see how they go about with these new spring official visits, what they do to change things up when it comes to BYU. You take him floating down the Provo River. It's not necessarily July, but might be an option for you. There's multiple things to do here along the Wasatch Front, and we'll see what BYU decides to use on their official visit to their advantage when it comes to these spring official visits. All right, there you go. Some news and nuggets when it comes to BYU football recruiting. Coming up next, we're going to hear from BYU 
BYU baseball coach, Mike Littlewood. I was down there in Provo, his media availability yesterday getting his thoughts on what the difference for this year's team is uh, versus what happened with last year's team when they had a losing record, finished seventh in the league. They've bounced back, won the West Coast Conference title, look like they're on the way to the NCAA Regionals. You'll hear from him next on what the difference is for his team. But real quick, a reminder for you guys, Check us out on the Himalaya Podcast app. This podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars, we are are available there. Himalaya does a great job offering all kinds of new features all the time. If you are looking for a new uh, podcast, podcatcher, you can check check us out on the Himalaya Podcast app. I used it on my trip to California just a couple of weeks ago to and from. I made the drive to Southern California from Utah, listened to a lot of podcasts, and it was great. They had a great platform. It worked flawlessly, I guess the easiest way to say it, and I really enjoyed my experience with with Himalaya. So check them out. The Himalaya Podcast app, proud partners of the Locked On Podcast Network, right and right here on Locked On Cougars. More in a moment. This is the Locked On Cougars Podcast. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us on the Locked On Cougars podcast. We are looking for sponsors here locally. If you'd like to have your brand and or products advertised to thousands of BYU fans each and every month, let me know. You can email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Podcasters, podcatching, podcasts in general have become a big revenue source for all advertisers. If you are interested in getting in front of thousands of BYU fans, both locally here in Utah and nationwide, check us out locked on byu at gmail.com got competitive rates and love to represent your brand and or company all right had a chance to catch up with byu baseball coach mike littlewood yesterday along with some of the other local media talking about his team and we'll let you hear from him his media session in all right here he talks a lot about what has made the difference for this year's team guys the retooling of the roster in the offseason uh the pitching all that goes into it is they get ready to face off against Loyola Marymount in the first round of the WCC tournament on Thursday. So here you go. BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood right here on Locked on Cougars. What's your feel for the team right now heading into conference tournament week? Well, you know, it's interesting because last week at Santa Clara, I felt like we were a little anxious. Um, and we talked as a team and Casey Jacobson actually actually brought up the point we were playing not to lose. You know, that's kind of one of the catchphrases in athletics. But I felt like that's what we exactly what we were doing is... Um, we kind of weren't ourselves, and it was a turn it into a really tough series for us. But being able to overcome that adversity and, and beat a good team—I mean, I can't believe they only have 12 wins, Santa Clara—and it was it was one of the toughest series we played all year. And so to come out on top, get the get the series win, and then clinch the championship was was pretty special. So I feel like we're com- we're comfortable, confident right now. Is, it, is your team still kind of adjusting to being a targeted team in a way? Um, you know, it's it's interesting because every time that we've been in. And it's, this has been maybe a BYU thing, and but as soon as I remember back to 2016, once we're in the top 25, it's like we go 0-4 that week. And then, and it's one of those things you can either hide it or you can step out in front and, and just um, embrace it and use it as a challenge. Um, and we're finally starting to do that a little bit. And so I don't think I don't think that matters to us anymore. And I, but I do believe that a month and a half ago it probably did. Until, and then you learn and you grow and you kind of get used to being. 24 25 and we want to be top 20 um so i don't think we're i don't think we're scared of that anymore i think and but i think we were early so to answer your question though i think we're we're ready to go head on what does the milestone of being outright champions uh, mean to the program 
Well, it, it feels good. I mean, it doesn't mean a whole lot as far as uh, it means we get to wear white uniforms and face the best pitcher in the league. <laughs> you know, that's what it means to us going forward. Uh, but every team you play is is uh, is quality. But to get the championship outright, I mean, it, it's pretty special, especially after last year and the struggles we went through. I, I mean, I feel like we were just as talented last year. I don't feel like we've changed what we've done as a staff. But um, everybody's on the same page this year. And, and it just tells me after doing this for 25 or 30 years that how important culture is, how important buy-in is, and all those things that the coaches say that sometimes you think it's just those are just words, but they mean something to us now. Um, so, you know, our guys our guys deserve this. They've worked hard and they've, they've earned it, I guess, more than deserve it. They, they've really earned it. What have been your lessons learned from uh, Stockton so far? Um, well, I think the one thing is anybody can win it. Um, we proved that two years ago when we lost to, to LMU and then came back. And um, in game two of that tournament, we were playing St. Mary's. We're down 2-0. We had just gotten swept the, the week before. We weren't playing very well. And all of a sudden, Bronson Larson hits a home run, ties it up. And then we're just, we just roll for like 35 innings in a row and nobody could get us out. So it's a, it's a lot about a team that gets hot, just like any tournament, um, who's pitching it real well. So there's some scary teams to play right now. But uh, seven years ago when we first made the tournament my first year, we were ecstatic that, to even show up, and we felt like we had arrived. Um, but it doesn't feel like that anymore. There was no dogpile when we won the championship. Of course, we found out when we were on an airplane. That would have been awkward. <laughs> um, but um, I heard a little cheer. I was kind of in the front. They were in the back, and I heard a little roar from the back of the plane. And that was that was basically it. I think this team um, has good perspective and, and realizes that there's more work to be done this year in the tournament. This is a question we always have to ask Dave Rose, but do you feel like you're in the, tur- the NCAA tournament? you feel like you've done enough, or do you have to win this? Yeah, I feel like we should be, yeah. And, and for the first time, our, our RPI our first year was maybe 52. We had beaten San Francisco. Uh, two out of three here. We didn't make the championship game, and for some reason we felt like we should have been in. But looking back, RPI 52 is not going to get you in. Um, I look where our RPI is now in our body of work, and I, I really feel like we're a, a regional-type team. But you just never know. Um, I feel like if we get to the championship game, we're probably a lock for that. But it's out of the, the no Sunday play, I think, comes into play. When it comes down to the last dozen teams and they're choosing who – I mean, they're, they're human beings. That It's not like RPI where the where a – uh, the quadratic formula is deciding or some algorithm is deciding where you are. It's people. And if someone says, we don't want to move our pitching up to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then, then they're, we're going to get bumped. And that's just, a, I mean, that's just the facts of life. And so I would rather win it alone. Uh, but um, I, would, I would think our body of work is, is proof enough. Back in February, uh, you told us teams couldn't name four or five guys on your starting lineup, but you felt like you, if you didn't compete for the championship, you'd underachieved. Yeah. What about that team at that time did you see that made you think this is a team that can compete for the championship? Well, I saw, talent-wise, I, th- that's an easy one. I, I knew there was talent. Jackson Clough has been huge for us this year, just stepping up, not only what he's done on the field, but uh, just been a leader. Um, the, the guy, And I don't think anybody expected that. I will say that most of the teams in the conference know more than four guys in our starting lineup now. Um, Reed McLaughlin's been huge for us. We didn't really expect that. Blake Inouye really stepped up. And, and as well as every other pitcher. But I think the leadership of Brock Hale, Jordan Wood, who were quiet leaders last year, they just, you know, last year nobody could really get a handle on what was going on, and, and I know they tried, but they've really stepped out of their comfort zone this year and uh, led this team, where last year they kind of just followed a little bit and they wanted to do what was right and um, go compete, but it, it just they didn't feel like it was their role. But I look at Noah Hill and, and Brock and Brian Sue and I'm mean, Keaton Kringlin, 
all those guys have just stepped up and, and set the bar high and our, our younger guys have followed and that's been that's been the key to the success nothing the staff has done and I'm not trying to deflect on I mean, that's a, that's the honest truth it's nothing our staff has done it's been it's been the upperclassmen including Jackson Clough as a sophomore um, that have taken this team by the reins and just and just let them we hear a lot that pitching in college is at a premium how important has your staff just overall been this year for you guys? It's been the key factor, and pitching's a pre- pitching's what it's all about at any level, from little league, uh, unless it's coach pitch, and then it doesn't really matter. But any other league above coach pitch or t-ball, pitching's what what it's all about. And so, our pitchers have kept us in every single game. And I don't have stats for you. Greg probably does, but as far as how many games have gotten away from us, six or more runs, where it's that's uh, you know it's gonna it's a crapshoot for us to win, and we're gonna have to do something special to win. They've kept us within two or three runs, and they've held leads, and we've we've gotten out of um, bases loaded, no out jams, and second, third, one out jams, all year long, and and uh, you, that's not by accident. You can't just fake your way through that. And so we've we really have good matchup guys, guys who who uh, really pound the bottom of the zone, throw quality strikes, and, and are really fearless out on the mound. And that's that's really been the key to our success this year. Do you presume to see a Piva on Thursday? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, he'll be, he'll be on short rest, but in college baseball, that short rest is five days instead of six days. And so he'll be good. I mean, it's going to be a battle. We've got a, we've got our work cut out for us, but they have to face Jordan too. And they have to face our lineup and it'll probably be one of those games where it comes down to one or two at bats or key plays or playing catch or, or whatever it is. And, um, we definitely have our work cut out. He's, I, I'm sure he's going to be named the pitcher of the year. Him or uh, um, Jacob from Gonzaga. Those two guys are have had great, great years. Whether losing a game in a series or losing a game in a double elimination, your team has really proven to be really good at bouncing back and not letting things get away from you, right? Yeah, we really have. I mean, we haven't had too many, and you, again, would know this. I don't look at that. We haven't had too many three-game losing streaks or um, where we even get get beat one night and then come back and don't show up. We always show up the next day. Uh, so that's that's kind of been the MO of this team is just short memory. We talk about that all the time. In baseball, you have to have a short memory. Football, you have a week to think about things and regroup. Baseball, you have 24 hours to regroup. And so you have to just, um, you know, just eliminate your ego, get rid of that memory and, and go to battle again. Push the reset button and go, go to work. You mentioned Jackson as one of those guys who stepped up as if he were an upperclassman, even though he's only a sophomore. What has he done to be so consistent in just his second year where he is kind of that that every game starter, the the sort of every down running back to use a football term, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You guys have been able to kind of ride on offense. What, what has he done to be so consistent, do you think? Well, it's interesting. When he when he got back off his mission this summer, he came to – we were having a summer camp, and he came over here, and, and uh, I was just talking to him. And I went home and told my wife, I said, this is going to be a different team because of Jackson Clough. And, it, and it's kind of come to fruition. He's just one of those guys that when you watch him work, he doesn't take a playoff. Um, if you watch him take ground balls or when nobody's look, when he thinks nobody's watching, he just, he'll, he's diving for balls, gets upset at himself if he takes a bad swing in batting practice. He just sets the bar so high for himself. And then that I, I see other Zach Peterson and Carson Matthews watching him, and then they're doing the same things. They're diving for balls. And you, you just look at that example. If, if he's not that example, those younger guys aren't doing that. And so that's kind of how he helps us, his leadership. But also, I look at the first of the year, he wasn't playing shortstop. He was playing second base. And I know he wanted to play short because we talked about it. But yet he's helping Carson Matthews with different, here's how coach wants you to do this and this, and this is where you need to play. He's helping him at shortstop. And that's just that's selfless, you know, and, and I think that's just been been our team. We've got a bunch of selfless guys, um, but he sets the bar high and he's not going to let anybody go beneath that bar um, of expectation and, and he's, he's going to let them know if, if they do. 
Has that been the most enjoyable thing about this team is their selflessness or what would you kind of maybe pinpoint oh, as? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially after last year. I hate to keep bringing last year up, but it's if you're, you know, if you're comparing the two, which people like to do, um, that's been that's been the bright spot. Just coming out and want, wanting to come out to the field every day and just see how they go about their business and, and see how they approach their 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 craft. I mean, that's what we talk about. This is your craft and you need to be good every single day and improve your craft without somebody having to tell you what to do all the time. And this team does that. There you go. BYU baseball head coach, Mike Littlewood. And it was awesome to hear from him. And I like coach Littlewood. He doesn't really waste words. He doesn't mince words. He just goes and tells you how it is. And he says that it's just been the selflessness of this team this year that's made all the difference. The pitching has been the biggest difference for them in terms of keeping them in games. We've talked about that multiple times on this podcast and hopefully it holds up because they've had a great season to this point. Now they got to go take care of business against Loyola Marymount on Thursday. If they can make it to the championship round of the West Coast Conference Tournament, it's just my personal opinion that they've that at that point they'll have locked up an at-large bid. But you heard Mike Littlewood talk about the fact that we don't play on Sundays, and that could get us bumped from certain regions if, if host teams don't want to move their pitching dates, etc. We'll see what happens, but I'm hopeful that BYU gets into that NCAA regional. They deserve it. They won the league regular season title. I think they should be the favorite to win the conference tournament, but it is a weird format. You have that double elimination. You have to go out there and give your best each and every game, and you're going to get everybody's best. He talked about also, I asked him about being a targeted team, and he said early in the season, yeah, we struggled with it. We all struggled with it a couple years ago when we got ranked. He says he feels like his team has finally overcome that, and I'm glad to hear that. I wanted to get that quote from him and that was great to hear so thanks again to Mike Littlewood for speaking with the media it was a blast to hear from him we'll have more from the BYU baseball program in the next couple of days Jackson Clough the two-time national player of the year a sophomore who could see himself drafted after a standout sophomore season coming off a mission You'll hear from him on tomorrow or Thursday's podcast. We'll see if we can fit it in wherever we can. He had some great thoughts on this season as well. All right, we'll take a time out here, come back on the other side, wrap up today's show. Before we go real quick, a reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends, Trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. This is Locked on Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. As we close out today's show, I want to remind you guys to download this show on the Himalaya Podcast app. If you're looking for a new podcatcher, we are also all available on all the other major podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help get the word out about this show. Really appreciate you guys checking us out each and every day. And if you're new to the podcast, hopefully it becomes a regular part of your rotation. We are your daily source for all things BYU news. Other BYU sports news to get to today after after four days of trials, BYU Shaylee Gonzalez, their star guard, was named as one of six alternates to the 12-member 2019 USA Women's U19 World Cup team. A five-foot-nine sophomore from Gilbert, Arizona. Congratulations to Gonzalez. It's awesome to be on the periphery of the national team. Here's hoping that she gets the opportunity to play with Team USA. We'll see how it goes. We'll track that for you going forward. We talked BYU baseball in the last segment, but a senior infielder Casey Jacobson was awarded the final Rawlings West Coast Conference Player of the Week award this 
past week. Yesterday, he had six hits, four runs, three RBIs, and two home runs last week as BYU ended up winning the West Coast Conference regular season title with their 2-1 series win over Santa Clara. The award is Jacobson's first of his career, the fifth for a BYU player this season. Jackson Clough has three of them. Brock Hale has one. The number 24 Cougars will face off against LMU this Thursday at 4 o'clock Mountain Time in the first round of the West Coast Conference Tournament. One final note for you guys is the BYU Junior Tennis star Sean Hill was named the ITA player to watch for the Mountain Region on Saturday. The Mountain Region has 20 schools, Boise State, Colorado State, Colorado, Idaho State, Idaho, most mostly Intermountain Region schools. Awesome to see him listed as the player to watch going into his senior season. So congratulations to Sean Hill on that award. All right, there you go. That's today's podcast. Quick updates as we close things out. And thanks again for taking the time to download the show. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And a reminder for you guys, we are brought to you today in part by our good friends at Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip on social media. All you got to do is book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Also, check us out on the Himalaya podcast app or any other other podcatchers. We love doing this podcast. I love doing this podcast podcast and being with you each and every day we will catch you tomorrow everything going on in BYU sports as we roll up towards summer we are under a month away from BYU football media day it is 100 days until BYU versus Utah we're going to start off with our player countdown number 99 Zach Daw kicks things off tomorrow as we go 99 to 1 to count you down all the way to BYU versus Utah kicking off the season we'll have that all covered for you right here on the podcast this has been Locked on Cougars for May 21st 2019